Good morning, Mosh. You just got a hold of your coffee. It was a close call there for a second. Good, Good evening, Dennis. It was it was a real nail biter. Let me tell you. Uh I I I learned I can feel it. You, you ever get this where like this is my morning coffee, and yes, I am addicted to coffee. You know what? I'm not gonna I'm not gonna make uh, I'm not gonna make up any excuses. I drink I drink far too much coffee. And I could feel my patients fraying, and I was just like, "Dude, you just you need to you need to stop thinking about things and just get your damn coffee." <laughs> people were, people could have lost lives, Dennis, Lim, limbs at, at the very least. It was serious business. All right, well, I got a quote here that might you know might feed into how you were feeling a couple of minutes ago before you got the coffee. Um, and it's a quote from my favorite movie, which you talked about a couple of weeks ago, which is La La Land. And um, <clears throat> it's a quote from Ryan Gosling's character Sebastian. When his sister comes to visit and he's very like down on his luck and she's like, you got to get your life together. I know you're trying to like open this jazz club and stuff like it's not working out. You need to get a real job. I got this girl I want to introduce you to. She's like, come on, start. You know, you're taking a lot of hits here. You got you're taking a lot of losses. We need to get you back on the wagon. Sure. And he, and he says, I'm letting life hit me until it gets tired. Then I'll hit back. It's a classic rope dope And I wanted to get your take on that feeling when the hits start coming and they don't stop coming. And how you deal with those moments where you're like, oh boy, okay, another one of these. All right. Because it can feel relentless sometimes. Well, I think the actual rope-a-dope was you let them swing and they don't hit. You're supposed to dodge. You're supposed well, to the, dodge it. Well, no, they hit you, but because you're on the rope, that is what was most the impact, I think, is the actual thing, right? I'm not sure. Uh, but uh, I don't know. I uh, Obviously, that's not the point of the quote. When the hits keep coming, um, you know what's funny is I hate and I think a lot of this is just mindset. And we, we addressed this earlier when we kind of expanded the kind of quotes we wanted to embrace here. Mm-hmm. Um, because for a long time, the the theme of the podcast was like, you know, failure is a learning opportunity. Failure is good. Embrace failure. Embrace failure. Embrace failure. And now <laughs> it's just the cyclic nature of the human mind, or maybe it's just the cyclic nature of, of Mashi's mind. Again, I think, it, you know, the hits keep coming uh, and they don't stop. A lot of that comes down to what we've been discussing these last few podcast which is knowing where the story starts and knowing where the story ends mm-hmm. i think that when you are getting beaten down by life it feels like you know once it, it, it on the one hand it can feel like every punch is a loss every time you get hit every every you know punch you take is another loss or it could be this culmination of i've been just getting beaten down for six months for a year for five years um and I'd love to tell you, and I'd love to say to everybody here, well, you just keep getting up. And that mm-hmm. I don't think is the way I interact with that type of thing. And when I look back on my life, um, I have gotten up, but not after every punch and maybe not after every other punch or every third punch. Uh, I have been beaten down and I've taken my L's, tremendous L's, L's that I thought I would never recover from. But eventually, eventually I got back up and I want to be honest with everyone I think that that's a little bit healthier. I think it's healthier, and maybe this is just my own survivorship bias or the way I mm-hmm. survived or made it through things. I think it's okay. In fact, I know it's okay to take a punch and feel like that's an L. I've lost. And then take another punch. Go, oh, God, I keep losing. I take another punch. What is, you know, <laughs> the key is eventually you got to get back up. And the reason I think it's okay to take a punch and not jump back up is because I don't think that's healthy. I don't think it's healthy to just take a punch, take an L, lose something big, feel something catastrophic and say, nope, 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 just get back up. You know, let me dust myself off. I got to get back up. That's what winners do. I do think um, what happens eventually if you take a lot of hits in a row is you turtle up, right? And you stop letting, you stop feeling the hits, but you start, you stop feeling the hugs too, right? And it takes a while then. And that's a defense mechanism. 
to just sort of, and a lot of that will manifest itself as burying yourself into your work or maybe working out, or it's usually some sort of like at least moderately physical activity that you can hyper fixate on and just try to get through it. And that's especially useful if the thing that's causing you pain is an external stimulus that you can get through, right? If I can just get through the end of the year, if I can just get through this holiday or past this anniversary or whatever, that can be beneficial. Um, And then after that, you decide as you start building up, as you start making yourself vulnerable again and letting those walls down a little bit, I think that's an okay, understandable coping mechanism. But you're right, getting hit full force and then running back into the wall over and over and over again, while it sounds very poetic and tenacious, it's not only impractical, I don't think it's necessarily advisable either. Oh, I think I, I was going to say, I think it's actually inadvisable. I think it's very, very bad advice. Um, one of the things I've really learned least recently in my life is, you know, I was the kind of guy who was like, God, I feel awful. God, you know, I'm so angry. I'm so frustrated. Okay, what am I grateful for? What am I, you know, Dennis, I've got this. Uh, Dennis is a great friend of mine. I'm so grateful to have in my life. I've got this podcast. It's really helps me get up in the morning. I love the way it starts my day. And, you know, I love that. And, you know, work's going well, blah, blah. And um, you know what? That's effective. But I don't think it's advisable. I think that sitting there with the frustration and feeling it, sitting there with the anger and feeling it and letting it run its course yes. because we have a way of bottling things up when we deflect. Gratitude is a mindset, first of all, that you shouldn't turn to only when needed. It should be a default. You know, I spent this morning thinking about all these things I was grateful for before I came in as part of my meditation practice is really delving into gratitude. Um, and I think that like so many precautions and so many things um, that we do to make ourselves healthy, we must honor them not only in the breach. We we have to find ways to embrace them when we don't need them because then they are there like a reflex. It's now, almost the opposite of being a um like a fair weather fan, right? It's not necessarily that it's easy to meditate and be um and be grateful when you're struggling, but that is when it's most useful. And but it, and it is yeah. very easy to not do it when you feel like you don't need it. Exactly, and you know the the. An ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. When you find yourself in that mindset on a regular basis, you will avoid a lot. Not all, not all. There is nothing that avoids all. You're going to take L's. We all take L's. Um, But I I do think very strongly in my life experience that things change for me when I stop thinking I got to bounce up and run headlong into the next challenge. Um, Turtling up is a thing. That's funny that Dennis Straniak, of all people, can we get Riley Knight on the line, says working out or bring yourself in work. Nary a mention of just video gaming until your eyes bleed. Oh, I mean, that's burying yourself in something else. True. That's no different there. But I I like how you don't, that's not, that's not the, that's not the arrow that gets pulled out of the quiver first or even second or even. You have an idea how many, I was talking to Kate this earlier, how many breakups I've been where I've told a friend of mine, I'm like, oh, you know, my girlfriend, I just broke up and I'm like. That's cool. You want to play Overwatch or like what's the deal? Like, I'm that's like, the first oh, thing sorry. you said to me. That's the first thing you said to me. Hey man, I'm available. You want a game? You know, I was playing. What was that? That immersive game that you told me to play? Oh, it's a. It was a Civilization. No, it was like the. Uh, you know, I was a, a a warrior like you, and then I took an arrow to the knee. Skyrim. Yeah, you, yeah. I downloaded Skyrim on the Switch, and I started playing that a ton. I mean, that makes sense. It's tricky. Like um, something that's been helpful to me in those times where I feel like things. Um, uh, you go from bad to worse to worse over and over again. You're like, man, I cannot catch a win. I can't catch a break is that I've always believed that things will always be okay. Provided your definition of okay is flexible enough. Right. And that's really all it is. Um, Humans can adapt to just about anything. It is our greatest asset as a species. And I've seen many of my friends and my family and my parents adapt to very, very difficult circumstances and do things that were difficult simply because they had to be done. Right. Yeah. And sometimes yeah. that attitude doesn't offer a lot of comfort, 
but it offers me a lot of, I don't even want to say motivation, but strength at times. And mm-hmm. I'm like, this is just, God, this is relentless. We're like, okay, well, one day it won't be. And we just got to deal with this until it's, until we get there. Yeah. I, um, I think that's one way to do it. Uh, I think that uh, it's weird as humans, we draw this idea of solace from like, well, others have had it worse and others have overcome worse. Um, and that is just always going to be true, especially your family. My God, Dennis's parents have overcome so much. That doesn't that help me very much, though. And that's a phrase where I'm back for a couple. I think I told you about where it's like, yeah, I know everybody gets headaches, but I get really bad headaches. Right. And that's the sort of element, right? It's like, I don't care that other people have bigger problems. These are my problems. Exactly. They feel yeah. huge to me right now. And the biggest example of that is when you're a teenager, right? And you, you're like, your mom won't let you go to this party. I remember the specific time my mom wouldn't let me go to a party. And I was like, no one's ever going to talk to me again. I'm a social pariah. Everything's going to pop yeah. off of this party and I'm not yeah. going to be. And of course, three weeks later, nobody cared about it at all. Nobody even knows I wasn't there. Um, but at the and yet time, years later, we're still talking about the party. I get years later, I wake up screaming in the middle of the night thinking about it. But when your scope is a little smaller, those problems seem very, very big. And it's true when you're a kid as well. And it's just true on a personal level. Like, yes, you know, world hunger and war and all these problems that plague us as a, as a, as a planet and a species are much bigger, but that doesn't help you in your day-to-day life. And I thought, I think it's very easy to say, oh, well, lesser people have dealt with bigger problems than this. That doesn't offer a lot of help in the moment. And I, I think it uh, actually can be damaging. I don't think it's, mm-hmm. a, I, I, I it, you know, your problems don't need to be minimized. There, people are dealing with bigger things. Okay. But this is what you are dealing with. Uh, and we this all have dragons. Uh, yeah. Right. <laughs> exactly. So, you know, don't do that to yourself. That the other thing, um, I, and I, I've certainly done that. I'm like, hey, you know, others have overcome this and blah, 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 blah. And, and, and you know, uh, I can do it too. One of the things I found myself in my darkest times is starting to recount what I really thought was important to me. You know, uh, my mother still loves me. My brothers are still in my life. They're alive and healthy at the time. My father was still alive, you know, um, things like that. I still have the dogs, um, a different set of dogs. This was more the Rudy Eddie era than the Tommy Tuppence era. Now we're in the Tommy Tuppence era, of course. So I think that, there's also things when we distill things down, and this is approaching from another, another uh, the other end. And this does minimize a lot of things where you start to say, like, what are the things that are important to me? Mm-hmm. You know, you know, mom's alive and healthy. Dad at the time was alive, maybe not super healthy, but alive. You know, <laughs> but you start to recount the things. You know, uh, this what aboutism? What if what if this does all fall apart? What if these things I'm worried about? What if all these things that are driving me towards this anxious area of thought happen? What's going to happen to the things that are important to me? Well, it's very important sometimes, especially when you have anxiety about things. So trying to work through those examples. You're like, oh my God, I don't know what I'm going to do if I lose my job. It's like, okay, well, let's think about it. Let's actually really sit and think about it. And the answer is, you'd probably be pretty bummed out for a day or two. You'd be nervous about making your rent. Maybe you'd have to borrow some money and you start applying for new jobs and you'd figure it out, right? Um, That's not saying it's going to be easy. It's not fun. It's certainly not favorable, but it is not insurmountable. But in your head, it can definitely feel insurmountable at the time. Absolutely. And it's, you know, you know, with good reason in the sense that um, we should value the things that we're doing in our life. We should value the things like our job. We should value our relationships. We should value just the inverse of that. Right. Yeah. And valuing yourself means taking your problem seriously. And sometimes, yes, it's you can't find parking and you're late for brunch. I get it. I used to live in L.A. I've been there. (laughs) But, um, you know, let's not go crazy with that problem. But it's still an issue. It's still a causer of stress. You know, there's this way that we want to minimize everything. And this is where I think sitting with things is okay. Like, and part of sitting with it is giving it perspective. Okay. You know, like right now I'm running around like, where's my king coffee, you know? And I realize 
You know, then all these things like, oh boy, this Uber Eats person is getting one star. No, they're not, Mosh. This is someone's job. You're not giving them one star, okay? But in my head, I'm like, if I if that coffee's not here, so help me God, someone's getting one star. I, you know, I can't believe they just left my coffee somewhere, blah, 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 blah. And as I'm walking and having this dialogue in my head, and yes, you know, I think it's okay and healthy to have this dialogue. We're not all saints all the time. None of us are saints all the time. But the important part is the second part of the dialogue, which is like, dude, this is someone's job. Well, you let it run its course, right? That's important. And if you don't let it run its course, it it can become, it can fester and build and bottle up. And I totally understand. Um, And look, hopefully some of the things we talked about today give you a little bit of solace when you feel like you're getting rope-a-doped and getting beaten up. But I hope you today, Mashi, go into your day with your freshly acquired cup of coffee, even though it was touch and go for a second there, and you don't take too many hits and are ready to hit back. I am am ready to hit back. I do want to say one thing about this quote. I don't Mm -hmm. advise it. I don't think sitting there and letting life punch out is the way to uh, treat anything. I don't think Seb even does that in the movie. So uh, no, he is not. He, he, that, and his sister doesn't believe my. That is not his. That is not a a, part, a positive part of his arc. Let's say. Yeah. Even if the and audience so, don't think he seems to believe him. Yeah. No, and so uh, the quote is valuable that we learn from it, but it is not valuable in terms of life advice. Do not do that. Um, you can take a few punches. Uh, and I'm not even saying you got to punch back, but you got to start juking and jiving, and you got to move. Gotta do you something. Gotta, yeah, yeah. You can't, you can't just sit there and turtle up and let life punch and punch and punch. Um, I like a good counter punch every now and then, but sometimes it's just juking and jiving and minimizing damage without trying to, you know, punch back, and and that I accept. But know that you can sit with things. Know that your problems are important and not to minimize them, but also know you got to get up sometime. Not after every punch, but you got to get up, and eventually, yes. Everybody, you do got to punch back. So on that note, this coffee is going to help me punch back on Tuesday. Have a great morning. Have a great evening.